Well, good morning. Don't we serve an awesome God? Tell you what, I just love the presence of God. I could stay in it for hours. <clears throat> we are so glad to have you here today. We have a number of people who are gone, but I'm glad you're here. That's all that matters. We don't care about those guys. They can go on their vacations. They can go to weddings. They can do, you know, on their business trips. I only care about you guys. <clears throat> this Father's Day message may be just a little bit different. <clears throat> if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 4, verse 15. <clears throat> I trust all you guys signed up for, for giveaways, right? If you didn't, in the lobby, there's, there's little sign-up things. They're going to have a little drawing after, after I speak. And I will be quick. I am short and I am to the point. In the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul writing to the church says these words. He says, for though you, let me read from here. It's a little bigger. For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Let's pray. Father God, would you just use the short time that we have this morning to minister your word to this people? God, use me, Lord, in any way that you see fit, that I would be able to betray a message that is honorable to you and encouraging to the fathers in the house. For we ask it humbly in the name of Jesus. Amen. Paul, writing to the church, says, for you have many teachers, there's many voices going on, but there's few fathers. That disturbs me a bit, can I be honest with you? You see, the church has gotten really good at developing a lot of things. We can develop teachers, we can develop singers, we can develop musicians, we can develop preachers, we can send you to seminary and you can learn to break down the Greek and the original words and we can learn all these things. We can be taught all those things, but we have a shortage of fathers in the house. That's what we need is fathers in the house. And so I'm going to take this just a step further, and we're going to kind of break this down for just a moment. In the book of 1 John, chapter 2, starting with verse 12, John writing says this, I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for your name's sake. Say that with me, little children. That's one step. We go on. I write to you, fathers, say fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. And I write to you, young men, say young men. I want you to see this, because you have overcome the wicked one. And I write to you, little children, because you have known the father. Let's continue on. And I have written to you, fathers, because you have known him from the beginning. And I have written to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. I want you to see today that there are three groups or three categories of people that John is writing to. He's writing to the little children and to the young men and to the fathers. And today I want to just propose to you that whenever you come to, to, to believe in Jesus Christ and you accept him as Lord and Savior, you come in at one, these are the levels that we come through and come into. The Bible tells us in, in the Gospels that Jesus said, unless you become as a little child, you cannot inherit the kingdom of God. 
So when you come to know Jesus Christ, you come as a little child. That's entry level. Little children know two things. They know, number one, they know that their sins are forgiven them, and they know that they have a relationship with the Father. Those are two beautiful things to know today, friend. If you know that your sins are forgiven you, and you know you have a relationship with the Father, you can say, it is well with my soul. We come to Christ as a little child. I, I, I remember seeing or being a father and having the little one in the house. And when you walk in the door, their eyes lock on you and they see you and their eyes light up. Because daddy's home. Mama's home. And they reach their hands instinctively. They don't even think about it. They just reach up their little hands and they want to say, I want to be held by you, mommy. I want to be held by you, daddy. I want to feel the love of your embrace. I want to feel the security of you. Nothing else matters. It doesn't matter. Mommy's home. Daddy's home. And I want a relationship with you. I want to feel that comfort with you. That's how it is when you come to know Jesus Christ. When we sing these songs and I look out over the congregation, I see hands begin to raise and I see little children stepping into their father's arms to feel the embrace of their loving dad. That's what I see when I look out into the congregation. So we come as little children. It's entry level. But we're not encouraged to stay there. As a matter of fact, we're encouraged to move on. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14, he says that we should not no longer be children tossed to and fro, we're to grow up. So that brings me to the second group. Unfortunately, many people, whenever they accept Christ, they come as, we all come in as little children. Sadly, though, many stay right there. They're content to know that their sins are forgiven them and they have a relationship with the Father. But Paul encourages us, to, we were to move forward. And we move forward to the second stage, and that's the young men. <laughs> I got me an amen corner going on. I love it. <laughs> young men. Let me tell you about young men. I know about young men. I was one once. It's all about power. All about power. If... I wouldn't even begin to tell you about my first car, but anything I could do to make more horsepower, I would do. We're talking about, you know, if, if I have to pull the engine, I started off with a little 307 two-barrel carburetor. Next thing I want, that wasn't good enough. 327, 375 horse with, with three deuce, 400 turbo transmission, 12 bolt rear end, 411 gears. Anything I could do to get more power. That's how young men think. Young men are all about the power. I, was, uh, I used to work with a guy. George still works with this guy. I remember this. He came to work one day and his teenage son had been saving up money and wanted to get into hunting. So he saves up his money, wants to buy a shotgun. So the guy comes in and works and says, well, my son bought a shotgun. I said, really, what did he get? Because I'm, I'm a shotgun guy. Said, well, what'd you, what did he get? And I'm thinking, you know, 410, maybe a 20 gauge. No, 10 gauge. 13-year-old boy, buy, saves up his money, buys him a shotgun, gets him a 10 gauge. Now listen, I've been hunting all my life. I don't know anybody that hunts with a 10 gauge. Usually how it goes, you start off with a 410 
Then as you get a little bit older, you get a 20 gauge. And then when you're, you know, when you're grown up, 12 gauge. 12 gauge is all you need. No, this, this boy went 10 gauge. I've never fired a 10 gauge, have no desire to. But that's how young men think. You see, what was written in 1 John, it says, the young men, here's what they know. They know the two things that little children know. They know that their sins are forgiven them. They know they have a relationship with the Father. But they also, they know this. The Word of God abides in them. They have overcome the evil one. And they have strength. They have power. In Acts chapter 1, leading up to the Holy Ghost coming in there, it says this. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses of me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the other parts of the earth. Young men grasp this word. They get a hold of the power of God. And that's what they, they, they relish that. I've seen some powerful things in my life. And I, I haven't seen enough. I want to see more. I love the power of God. I love to see the power of God sweep through a building. I love to see hearts melt before God. I love to see the manifest glory of God enter to a building. And it's just, it's the tangible presence of God come into a building. Souls begin to change. Hearts begin to get quickened. Encouragement comes. Young men love that stuff. But... There's another, there's another level, and that's what, who I want to talk to this morning for just a second. I want to talk to the fathers. You see, we come in as little children. We can know that our sins are forgiven us, and we have a relationship with the Father. And then we can step into the anointing. This is where you, you, you start feeling a call of God on your life. You start having an anointing and stuff, and you start begin to move in the power of the Spirit of God. And you begin to prophesy. You begin to, to, to speak words of wisdom. You begin to speak with new tongues. You begin to lay hands on the sick and seem to recover. You begin to do the things that excite us all, that excites me. That's, that's the young men. But you see... You've noticed it says that they are strong. They know that the word of God abides in them. They have overcome the overcomer. You see, it's all about them. It's turned inward. It's all about, look what I can do. It's all about my giftings, my callings, my anointings. Fathers don't have time for that stuff. They don't worry about themselves. Fathers look outward. They worry about others. One of the greatest examples that we see is the prodigal son, the story of the father that's in the prodigal son. Both of the sons had issues. You had the prodigal and you had the elder son. And both of them was concerned about what was going on in their lives. But you see the father, he's concerned about them. He's not concerned about himself. That's spiritual fathers. That's spiritual maturity. So that's why Paul writes and says, you've got many voices, you've got many teachers, but you have few fathers in the house. Today, I want to encourage you, along with myself, I haven't always got this right. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I'll be the first one to admit that. I don't get this right all the time. I blow it sometimes. But my heart's desire is I become a father in this house. 
When I walk into my home, I want my wife and my children, my grandchildren to know that their interest is my main concern. I'm not too concerned about myself. I don't, that doesn't matter. My concern is that of their safety, their provision, that they're, they're taken care of. That's what a father does. A father doesn't look out for himself, he looks out for others. He's concerned about their well-being. How are they being nurtured? How are they being encouraged? That's the father. So I'm going to be closing right now. I told you I was going to be short. I don't lie. Well, sometimes I do. Just ask my granddaughter. Just ask one of my grandchildren. I tell them some stories. And they believe it. It's unbelievable. I just want to know today. I just want to know where you're at. Can you say it is well with your soul? If you would, just bow your head with me. If you're here today and perhaps you've never made that declaration, maybe you've never asked Jesus Christ to become Lord and Savior of your life. Maybe you know a whole lot of things in this world. But today you can walk out this door and you can know two things. You can know that your sins are forgiven you and that you have a relationship with the Father. If this word has done anything for you today and you would like to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you just acknowledge that by lifting your hand? Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Anybody else? Let's just say this prayer. You, you, you word this prayer in your own language, in your own words, but I'll, I'll help you out. Lord Jesus, I need you. I recognize that I've lived a life of sin, but I also recognize this, Lord, that you went to an old rugged cross and you paid the price for my sins. And I receive that now. I receive Jesus as the Lord and Savior of my life. You're right, I'm wrong, and I come into alignment with that. And I ask you that you would just come into my life, that you would begin to lead and direct me, Lord, that you would put people in my life that would speak encouragement and share the Word of God with me, that I would take the next step, that I, I come to you as a little child, recognizing that you, you are, the, you are the good, good father. And I want to become a young man. I want to know what it's like to walk in the power and the fullness of your glory. And then lead me to be a father in the house. Thank you. I wonder if there's anybody that would join me today and say, I want to become a father in the house. I want to be elevated. I want to be, I want, I want to, I'm ready for advancement. If you're here today and you would like to be a father in the house, would you just acknowledge that with Lord Jesus, we just want to become fathers in the house. We ain't talking about biological fathers. Anybody can become a biological father. All we need is just a willing partner. We want to become spiritual fathers. We want to be those that, that are not concerned about ourselves but have a concern for others. Let me warn you, though, it's a dangerous prayer whenever you begin to really think about what it means. What it means is you may be driving down the road one day and all of a sudden you look out over a community and your heart begins to break because you know him. That's what fathers do. Fathers, the, the, John said that the fathers know him who is from the beginning. 
And when you know him, you know peace. When you know him, there is no anxiety in him. There is no stress in him. There is no worry in him. In him, there is nothing but peace and strength and comfort. Oh, that we would come to know him today. Lord, we just ask it all in your name. Amen.